things I, I, as you're turning to Matthew 22, 10 predictions for the new year. First of all, I predict the Bible will still have all the answers. I predict prayer will still work. I predict the Holy Spirit will still move. I predict God will still inhabit the praises of his people. I predict there will still be God-anointed preaching. I predict there will still be singing of praise to God. I predict God will still pour out blessings upon his people. I predict there will still be room at the cross. I predict Jesus will still love us. And I predict Jesus will still save the lost. Amen? Amen. I think all those will come to pass, won't they? All right. Now I want to talk to you over the next several weeks about the Big Ten. The Big Ten. We just had ten predictions. The Big Ten, not not those predictions, and I'm not talking about Big Ten football or the top ten list. But God's Big Ten, the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments. And of course, we understand from reading the New Testament that the entirety of the Ten Commandments are summarized in one word. Does anybody know what that one word is? It's love. It's love. It's love. Uh, And so you'll want to remember that over the next several Sundays as we look at the Ten Commandments, that that if, if a person walks in love, they will automatically keep those Ten Commandments. But yet I want to look at the the ten here. I feel that that the Lord would have us do that here at the beginning of this year. And um, if you've ever noticed, the first four of the Ten Commandments have to do with our love for God, and the last six has to do with our love for others. And notice Jesus says that and points that out right here, and we'll see it as we go through the next couple of weeks. But in Matthew 22, verse 36, Matthew 22, verse 36, uh, he's uh, actually teacher, he was asked a question, which is the great commandment in the law? Which is the, the great, the greatest one? And Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. First of all, notice the word love. That word love is in there. And notice he says that you'll love the Lord your God with all your heart, your your soul, and your mind. So that's as we'll see, the first four commandments have to do with our love toward God. And then he talked about loving your neighbor as yourself. And we'll see the last of the commandments have to do with loving one another. Now, you need to realize this, and I want to make it clear, that keeping the Ten Commandments will not save you. You need to understand that because there's a lot of people think that if they keep all ten of the commandments that that'll save them. Uh, you need to realize because of the sin nature that came from Adam and Eve, none of us are capable in and of ourselves of keeping those ten commandments. Somebody said, well, I've, I've kept all nine of them. I just messed up in one. Remember what Jesus said, if you mess in the Bible's clear, if you mess up in one, you're guilty of the others as well. Do you understand that? 
And remember that rich young ruler that came to Jesus, remember? And, and, uh, uh, said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus began talking to him about the commandments. And remember, uh, the, the young man, he said, well, I've kept all the commandments from the time I was just, just a youth. And then Jesus said, well, he said, sell what you have, give to the poor and follow me. Now, did that young man follow Jesus? No, he didn't. Now, can you be saved without following Jesus? Absolutely not. Now, it is possible that people can make an effort at keeping the commandments, but you see, ultimately, if you won't follow Jesus, you're not going to be saved. And so we need to realize that keeping the commandments will not save us. But you do need to real, realize this, that being saved empowers us to keep the commandments. Did you, did you hear me? Did you get that? So keeping the commandments does not result in salvation. Faith in Jesus with a repentant heart is what results in salvation. And once we have Jesus living on the inside of us, you know, once the Spirit of God is in us and we're born again, then He empowers us to keep the Ten Commandments. Now somebody might say, well, you know, the Ten Commandments have all passed away and we don't need to keep those anymore. Well, I beg to differ with you because Jesus said that He came not to destroy the law but to fulfill it. Now I'll say this, you know, uh, if we'll just, how many of you would agree with me, it's easier to remember one word than ten commandments. It's easier to remember the word love than it is all ten of those commandments. And if we'll walk in love, then what did we say? We automatically will keep the ten commandments. Okay, But yet I think it's important that we look at the commandments, as, as we'll do here over the next several Sundays, to be sure that you, we all are aware of what they are. Now, now, before we get to the Ten Commandments, look at 1 John 3, verse 22. 1 John 3, verse 22. I, I want to point this out to you because, you know, keeping the commandments is very important as it pertains to getting your prayers answered. Now notice right here in 1 John 3.22, And whatever we ask, we receive from Him because we keep His commandments and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. Now so you see, we need to be aware of this, that keeping the commandments are important to getting our prayers answered. I'm going to read verse 22 again. And whatever we ask, we receive from him, that's from God, because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And then verse 23 says, and this is his commandment that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ. See, there's our love to God. And love one another, see there's our love to our neighbor, as he gave us commandment. So I just want to make it clear to you that uh, the commandments are important as it affects our prayer life. Also, you need to realize this too. Look at 1 John 5 verse 3. The 1 John 5 verse 3. Notice what the Bible says here. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments... And his commandments are not burdensome. His commandments are not burdensome. In other words, let me put it this way. The commandments are not there to take fun away from you. Did you hear me? 
Because you see, you get in and you look at thou shalt not do this. Thou shalt not do that. Thou shalt. And, and, and you actually, you know, a lot of times you can think, well, God just doesn't want me to have any fun. But you need to realize that those commandments are not burdensome. They're not there to keep you from having fun. They are there so that if you'll obey them, you can know what real life is. And you can have fun, you see? Amen. See, to break those commandments is to sin. And the Bible says the wages of sin is death. You understand that? So, so don't think that God is an old fuddy-duddy and he just doesn't want you to have any fun. I've learned this about God. He's a lot of fun. You haven't had fun until you start serving God. You haven't had fun until you start running with God. God is not trying to keep you from having fun, but what you need to realize, see the devil will come in there and blind you and he'll, he'll, he'll play games with your mind and he'll say, well, God just doesn't want you to have any fun. No, no, I tell you what, you start serving God and you follow the word of God and keep the commandments of the Lord. I tell you what, that'll produce life. And I tell you what, you don't know what fun is until you start walking with God. But the thing of it is, you can't walk with God if you're not going to follow his rules. You understand that? So the, the commandments are not there to, to be burdensome to us. Now, I want to ask you a question, and I'm going to get to the Ten Commandments here in just a moment, but I, I've got to do some groundwork here, lay some groundwork with you before we get to them. How many of you love God in here? How many love God? Okay, hands go up real quick. Now, do you know how we can tell if you love God? Look at John 14 and 15. We can tell. We, there's a test. It's an easy test. Look at John 14 and 15. We'll be able to see if we love God. If we love Jesus. Jesus himself said, If you love me, keep my commandments. So, let me ask you this. Now, would, would you agree with me? We haven't turned to him yet, but thou shalt not uh, steal. Is that one of them? Is that, that's one of them, isn't it? So if you're telling God you love him, but you're stealing from somebody, huh? Are, are you okay? Is one of the commandments... You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. That's one of them. So if you're spreading things that you shouldn't be spreading about your, your, your neighbor or whatever, and you're telling God you love him, do those two go together? No. So you can't be a gossip and love God at the same time. Is that right? Now, now is that right? Now, is that correct? Okay, and, and I, you know, I know with me over the years, there's been times where I, there's been, how many's ever messed up besides me, you know, and how many could raise two hands on that like me and start raising some feet, you know, and you know, there's been times where there's some things that shouldn't have been in my life and I'm telling God, oh, I love you, God, but you know what comes up in my heart where I'm missing those commandments, huh? And then this scripture always hits me right between the eyes. If you love me. You'll what? Keep my commandments. Do you understand that? So how can we know if we love Jesus? If we're keeping his 
commandments. So then, having said that, let's go to the Big Ten. The Big Ten, now there's, you know, many commandments and things in the scripture, but let's just center in on these Big Ten. Exodus chapter 20. Let's go to Exodus chapter 20. Now, I'll not have the time to get all ten of them in today, so like I said, over the next couple of weeks, we'll just do a couple, you know, like two or three each Sunday until we get the ten in. Today, I just want to do the first two. The first two. So let's look at the first two here. Exodus 20, verse 1, And God spoke all these words, saying, you know, he's talking to Moses, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Now look at verse 3. Here's the first commandment. You shall have no other gods before me. Let's read that together. You shall have no other gods before me. Now I want you to commit that one to your memory. That's something that I'd like all of us to do by the time I get done in the next few weeks that we can all recite now, I'm not going to have you stand up in church and do it, but I'd like all of, all of us to be able to get these Ten Commandments and know what they are. So what's the first one? You shall have no other gods before me. Now, actually, the thing about the first one and the second one is, is they're basically, they're basically the, the same thing, really. Look at number two here in verse four. You shall not make for yourself a carved image... Any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that's in earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them. So don't you see how number one and number two are pretty pretty much one and the same? Number one is you'll have no other gods before me. And number two is you'll not make for yourself any, we could say idol, any idol that you would bow down and worship it. Would you agree with me that if there was an idol in your life and you were bowing down and worshiping it, that idol would be before God, is that right? So really one and two here are basically one and the same. So what was number one again? You shall have no other gods before me. And number two, let's just remember it this way, no idols. Real loud say no idols. Okay, no idols. So there's one and two. Do you have those? Now commit those to your memory. Number one, no other gods before me. Number two, no idols. You got that? Okay, now notice 1 John chapter 5 verse 21. 1 John chapter 5 verse 21. I want to read this in the Amplified Bible because it, it talks about these first two commandments in the New Testament. Because somebody might say, well, yeah, pastor, but, you know, Exodus is in the Old Testament. We live in the New Covenant. I understand that, and, and I agree with that. But notice we, what we find here in the, new, in the New Covenant. 1 John 5, 21, Amplified Bible. It's on the screen there if you don't have it. Little children, keep yourselves from what? From idols. And then it tells us, what an idol is, a false god. And then it goes on and gives us some more that I think is really good. Keep yourselves from idols, from false gods, from anything and everything that would occupy the place in your heart due to God. From any sort of substitute for him that would take first place in your life. Do you see that? I think that says it really good. Keep yourselves from idols, from false gods, from anything and everything that would occupy the place in your heart due to God, from any sort of substitute for him that would 
take first place in your life. How many of you would agree that's a good thing to do? Now it's interesting, while Moses was getting these Ten Commandments, does anybody know what the children of Israel, the Israelites were doing? They were, they were making an idol, weren't they? Weren't they? Remember what Aaron said? Because you see, they got, it, they got upset because Moses was taking too long up on the mountain. And so they went to Aaron and they said, you know, he's taking too long up on the mountain and so on and so forth and so on. And so anyway, Aaron says, well, give me all the earrings and all the gold and whatnot. And they, they what did they do? They made a golden calf and they worshiped the golden calf is that right and then God told Moses about it Moses came down remember that he got angry what did Moses do he threw the commandments down and broke them is that right then he went to Aaron and he said what's going on remember that and remember what Aaron said Aaron said well we just took all this gold and put it in the fire and out came the calf remember that Aaron broke one of those other commandments didn't he about lying. How many remembers that? But let's just stick to the first two commandments here today. What's the first one? You'll have no other gods before me. And what was the second one? No idols. But it's interesting that while Moses was getting the commandments, the children of Israel were down at the bottom of the mountain breaking the first two. Putting something ahead of God, a golden calf. You know, idolatry has been a problem ever since the fall of man in the Garden of Eden. The Bible says, just listen to this in the book of Romans. Listen to what the book of Romans says. For since the creation of the world, they, talking about people, changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man. And birds and four-footed animals and creeping things who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator. Let us always be watchful to never serve the creation, but let's always serve the creator. Can, Can you say amen to that? Now, while we may not make a golden calf... And bow down to it. Or we may not make a statue and bow down to that. We must be constantly on guard that we let nothing come between us and God. As soon as anything is more important to us than God. That thing becomes an idol. And what we need to realize is that anything could become an idol to us. If we're not constantly on guard. Now, it's interesting, if you'll go to 2 Kings uh, chapter 18, do any of you remember when the Israelites sinned against God and those serpents, those fiery serpents, those poisonous serpents were released into the camp? Does anybody remember that? And they began to bite the people and the people were, were dying and all of that. Does anybody remember what God had Moses do? He had Moses take a brass serpent, right? And put it up on a pole. Remember that? And anybody that looked at that brass serpent was, was, was okay. Right? Do you all remember that? Well, do you know after some time went by, do you know what the people did with that brass serpent? Look at this. Second Kings 18 and 4. Look at what they did. 
2 Kings 18 and 4. Says he, that's talking about Hezekiah, the good king, removed the high places and broke the sacred pillars. He cut down the wooden image and broke in pieces. Now watch this. He broke in pieces the bronze or the brass serpent that Moses had made. For until those days, the children of Israel burned incense to it. That means they worshipped it. And called it, they even gave it a name, called it Nehushtan. Isn't that something? Think about that. That, that, that. that piece of brass that was shaped like a serpent put up on the pole. In the process of time, the people gave it a name and started worshipping it. We need to be watchful, folks. Because anything could possibly become an idol to us. You know, we spoke a moment ago how the Israelites, while Moses was up on the mountain getting the Ten Commandments, they were down there worshiping that golden calf. But you know, there's something else they were doing down there, down there that we don't talk about a whole lot. Look at 1 Corinthians 10, verse 7. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 7. I'm going to read this in the Amplified Bible. It'll be up on the screen. Notice this. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 7, Amplified, says, Do not be worshippers of false gods, as some of them were. Now, this is talking about the, the context here, talking about the children of Israel, the same ones that were worshipping that golden calf. Do not be worshippers of false gods, as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink, the sacrifices offered to the golden calf, and so on. Okay, so we know that, but watch this. And they rose up to sport, to dance, and give way to jesting and hilarity. To sport, to dance, and giving way to jesting and hilarity. Notice, they weren't just worshipping the golden calf. But there were some other things that they were that were more important to them than God. It has to do with sport here. And you know, there's nothing wrong with sports. Realize, say amen. Not, nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with it at all. But there is something wrong with it when it becomes more important to you than God. You okay? Everybody alright? See... This is something in my life, years ago, uh, golf. I love to play golf. I just absolutely love to play golf. And I played golf, just, just love to play golf. I considered being a pro- professional golfer when I was a kid. I just I was pretty good at it, and I, and I love it. But it got to a point on Sunday mornings, instead of going to church, guess where I was going? To the golf course. Now... There's nothing wrong with me playing golf. There's nothing wrong with you playing golf. But there is something wrong with it when golf becomes more important to me than God. And it did in my life for a while. It was more important to me than God. I wanted to get out there and and play golf. That's what I wanted to do. I couldn't wait till the sun come up in the morning so I could get out there and play golf. Nothing wrong with golf. Absolutely nothing wrong with it. But there is something wrong with it when it's more important to me than God. You know, and I, and I refer to this, uh, 
you know, like years ago, how many remember when the Rams were on their way to the, when they used to be a good team? Remember that? And you know what? There was nothing wrong whatsoever with enjoying them being a good team and rooting them on. There's nothing wrong with that. But if that becomes more important to us than God, then there's something wrong with it. You okay? Y'all are, y'all are right with that? You see? And, and it's like he, they talk about, you know, the dancing and the hilarity and all that. You know, there, there's absolutely nothing wrong with having, having a good time and, and, and all of that. And, but if having a good time is more important to us than our service to God, then there's something wrong with it. Like these little funny things I read here this morning. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. I think God's just fine with that. How many of you enjoyed those? But if that's all I did, and I did that for 30 minutes, and then gave you two minutes of the Word of God, how many of you know then there's something wrong with it? Because we put that ahead of God. You you understand? So you see, God's not against us having, having a good time, having fun. It's just when we put things ahead of Him, then... Then we then then we're, we become an idolater. Uh, look at Isaiah two verse eight. I just want to point out to you that just anything can become an idol to you, and it's so you got to be watchful. It can happen without really even you knowing it. That's why we have to examine ourselves daily to be sure nothing is more important to us, or no one is more important to us than the Lord. Notice this in Isaiah 2 and 8. It says their land is also full of what? Full of idols. They worship the what? The work of their own hands, that which their own fingers have made. It's possible to make an idol or a god, if you will, out of your work. How many of you know God wants us to work? The Bible says if we don't work, we don't eat, right? Man don't work, we don't eat. Is that right? So God wants us to work. But how many of you know that it's it's not okay if your work is more important to you than God? Your work should be important to you. You should do a good job. You should do all of that. God wants you to work, all of that. But the work should not become, your job should not be more important to you than God. I've, I've, I've seen that over the years where people's work became more important to them than God. Notice it says their land is also full of idols. Um, there's a big TV show that has been real popular over the last few years. It has an interesting name. It's called the American... Oh. Now, I'll just be real honest with you. I enjoy that show. I particularly like it when people at the beginning come in there and sing like me. I can relate to those people. But you know what? If if it comes down to your service to God or watching that show, don't put that show ahead of God. Why don't you just tape it? Or DVR it. Is it absolutely a DVR it and watch it later? Is that okay? I mean, I learned this a long time ago because I like to watch the golf matches. 
And the golf matches would usually be on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon when my wife wanted to do things. And so now I had to make a decision between the golf and my wife. And so when I was younger, I made the wrong decision. Does anybody know what the wrong decision is? So thank God for the DVR, amen? So we DVR it, we do things with, with my wife, which is what I should do, and then I watch the golf, you know, later in the evening, and she's gone to bed or whatever. You follow what I'm saying? Smart man. You okay? All right. But just be watchful, because anything could become an idol to you or a god to you. You know, some people have made a god out of their house. Nothing wrong with having a nice house. But remember, we talked about this some last week, and the Bible's very clear. It is wrong when our house is more important to us than the house of God. Is that right? The Bible says so. We should take care of our house and all that. We just shouldn't put it ahead of, of the Lord. Notice First Kings 10.26. Just want to go on just a couple more minutes here. First Kings ten twenty six. I'm going to read verse twenty six out of the NIV, the New International Version. It'll be on the screen there. Solomon. Have you ever heard of King Solomon? How many's ever heard of him? You heard of him? Was he next to Jesus? Was he the wisest man that's ever lived? Right. Jesus is wiser because Jesus is God. You understand that, right? But Solomon was pretty smart, wasn't he? And there was a day that his motives were right on. Remember? When God asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Ask what you will and I'll give it. You remember that? And he didn't ask for riches. or What did he ask for? He asked for wisdom. Now, watch this. 1 Kings 10 and 26. Solomon accumulated uh, chariots and horses. He had 1,400 chariots and 12,000 horses, which he kept in the chariot cities and also with him in Jerusalem. Now, it's interesting here that he had a thing for chariots and horses. Now, nothing wrong with chariots and horses, but there is something wrong with it when it becomes more important to you than God. How many of you know that, that, that animals and pets are good things, aren't they? And, and, and how many of you know God loves your pet? Yes, he does. And you should love your pet. And you should be good to your pet. But guess what? Your pet should not be more important to you than God. Is that right? Now, is that right? Now, now Solomon loved the horses, the chariots. Now, today we don't. I didn't come up here in my horse-drawn chariot. I came up in a car. How many came in a car? Anybody ride a horse? Nobody rode a horse. Okay. But the thing of it is, is that, you know, God wants us to have a nice car and all that. Nothing wrong with, with that. But there again, there's a problem when, you're, when, when, when you spend more time shining your car than you do with the Lord. Is that right? Education. How many of you know God wants you to have the best education you can get? But you know, I, because I, I studied mathematics at, at UMSL, I, I, I was a college math instructor for many years in high school and junior high. And, and you know what? Being in the educational system, it, 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 nothing wrong with it. Get as much education as you can. But I've watched people make a god out of education. Now, there's nothing wrong with education. 
Get as much of it as you can. But just don't make a God out of your studies. Keep God first. Amen? But Solomon, he accumulated these chariots, these horses. Uh, how many of you know in India, they worship cows while people starve to death? How many of you know there's something wrong with that, isn't there? They've made a God out of the cows. Look at 1 Kings 11. Let's, let's look at Solomon. I think you'll be astounded with this. 1 Kings 11, verse 1. Let's just read a few verses here. We're talking about a man that, that at one point was the wisest man that ever lived. Look at this. King Solomon loved many foreign women, as well as the daughter of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonites, the Hittites. Notice he loved many foreign women. You know, you can make a god out of your spouse. Don't do that. How many of you know you ought to love your spouse? But God should be more important. Is that right? And, and I've seen this too. I've seen where you'll get a, a girl will get a boyfriend or a boy will get a girlfriend, you know. And that boyfriend or girlfriend becomes more important to them than God. How many of you know your boyfriend or girlfriend should be important to you? Yes. But they should not be more important to you than God. Okay? Um. Notice here, verse 2, from the nations from whom the Lord has said to the children of Israel, you shall not intermarry with them. Now, you need to understand this. God does not look at skin color. Somebody say amen to that. He looks at heart color. Do you get what I just said? Man looks on the outward, but God looks at the heart. God doesn't look at the color of somebody's skin. He's looking at the heart. And you see, the reason he didn't want them to intermarry was it had nothing to do with, with racial things. It had to do with that because these other women, they served a false gods, and they were likely to turn Solomon's heart away, and the people of God's heart away from God. Now, let's read on and see what happened here. Notice here, verse 2 again, From the nations of whom the Lord had said to the children of Israel, You shall not intermarry with them, nor shall they with you. Surely they will turn, oh, look at this, they will turn away your heart after their gods. See, that's what the Lord was concerned about. Solomon clung to these in love. And he had 700 wives. My goodness gracious. I have enough... Keep me busy, one. Did you know that was never the will of God to have multiple wives? You read in the over there in the book of Genesis, God, how many women did he make for Adam? One. And in the New Testament, it talks about pastors, you know, and, and elders and whatnot should be the husband of one wife. One's enough for me. 700 of them. My goodness, princesses, 300 concubines, my goodness. But watch this, what did his wives do? They turned away his heart. You see, he became an idolater, didn't he? Solomon, wisest man. Let's read on here. For it was so, verse 4, when Solomon was old, his wives turned his heart after other gods, and his heart was not loyal to the Lord his God, as was the heart of his father David. For Solomon went after Ashtaroth, the goddess of the Sidonians. Look at that. And after Milcom, 
the abomination of the, the Ammonites. Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord and did not fully follow the Lord as, as his father did. Then Solomon built a high place for Chemosh, the abomination of Moab, on the hill that is east of Jerusalem, and for Molech, the abomination of the people of Ammon. You, can you believe this? I mean, this is Solomon doing this. And he did likewise for all his foreign wives who burned incense and sacrificed to their gods. Can you imagine Solomon? But one time God was more important to him than anything else. Now he's, he's got idols all over the place, doesn't he? He's building these things and he's worshiping these, these things. Verse 8 again, he did likewise for all his foreign wives who burned incense and sacrificed to their gods. So the Lord was angry with Solomon because his heart was turned away from the Lord God of Israel, who had appeared to him what? Well, if the Lord appeared to me, I don't think I'd, I'd ever turn away from him. Well, hey, don't say that so fast. Here's a man, God appeared to him twice, and does he have idols in his life? And commanded him concerning this this thing, and he he should not go after other gods, but he did not keep what the Lord had commanded. Some argue that Solomon didn't make heaven. You can make argument either way on it. What's the point? Is that you can have God first place in your life at one point, but if you don't stay on top of these first two commandments, you can find yourself at another time bowing down and worshiping things you shouldn't be worshiping. Did you know TV can become a God? Anything can become a God to you. We need to be watchful that we don't allow that to happen to any of us. Because the idol can be made out of anything. People make idols out of athletes, celebrities, TV preachers. That was a problem I had. Some of the TV preachers, I just, I mean, I just, when I was younger, I mean, you know, we ought to show honor who honors do. Some TV preachers, I just thought, you know, my goodness gracious, they were just, you know. But you know what? We found out that a lot of those were very human. Hmm? Back in the 80s, when some of the leading televangelists, their ministry spanned the globe, and they were they're visiting prostitutes. We shouldn't put anybody on a pedestal except Jesus. You know what I've learned? He's the only one that won't let you down. Can somebody sin and miss it and they be forgiven and serve God certainly? How many of you know David missed it, didn't he? Huh? Didn't David miss it? His sin cost him. God still used him, didn't he? Aren't you glad when we miss it we can repent? All I'm trying to tell you is don't put people up on a pedestal because people will let you down. Don't put me up on a pedestal. Please don't put me up on a pedestal. Amen? Because guess what? I could let you down. The only person that won't let you down is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen? You need to realize this. Look, if you would, we'll close. Psalm 20, verse 7. I hope you got something out of this today. Do you know that idols ultimately won't stand? Real loud say this, say idols won't stand. Yeah, they won't. Do you remember Dagon? Does anyone remember Dagon? It was a false god in the Old Testament. 
Remember him? It was a, it was a statue. And remember the, the uh, I think it was the Philistines worshipped the statue. And remember the Philistines got the Ark of the Covenant. Remember they brought the Ark of the Covenant in and they set it next to Dagon. Remember the Ark of the Covenant was the power that represented, they had the power of God in it. Remember what happened to Dagon? Uh, when they came in the one morning, the Philistines found Dagon falling over. So they set Dagon back up. They came in the next day, and guess what happened? Dagon was falling over and decapitated. Realize the idols won't stand. And they won't stand. Notice that Psalm 20, verse 7 says, Some trust in chariots, and some in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They have bowed down, talking about people that bow down to horses and chariots and various sundry things. If you bow down to these things, you will, not only will the idols fall, but you'll fall. But we, who's it talking about? Those who have remembered the name of the Lord our God, we have risen and what? And stand upright. Amen. Let's stand in the presence of the Lord. I want to read Psalm 20, verse 7 and 8 as a congregation, if they put that up there. Psalm 20, verse 7. Psalm 20, verse 7, if you would, please. Let's read this. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Next verse. Notice that they have bowed down and fallen, but we have risen and stand upright. That's what I want us to do, not only individually, but as a church. Let's don't ever let anything become more important to us than God. 